Hello, welcome into the pilot episode of, uh, of a new NBA draft podcast. Uh, we're calling it the Mavs Draft Podcast. The reason for that is uh, we have the man, the myth, the legend, Richard Stamen, also known on Twitter as at Mavs Draft. Richard, how's it going, man? Pretty good. Thank you uh, for the warm introduction. I uh, just wanted to let everyone know who's listening to this. Obviously, this is everyone's first time. Um, but Jared is a special part of Mavs Draft history, as he was actually the one who wrote the Mavs Draft piece for Luka Doncic. Uh, still the most viewed article on my website, so I owe a lot to you on that. Thank you, uh, thank you. But Jared, uh, do you want to give them your handle so they know where to find you early on? I believe it is uh, at Jared underscore Katz. That's K-A-T-Z 30. Yeah, I'll be tagging you on the tweet as well once this goes out. So give him a follow. He's really smart across all three all three uh, major sports that uh, are going on right now that have recent drafts, uh, excluding the NHL, excuse me. But uh, with MLB draft, NFL draft, if you're interested in those, he knows a ton of stuff about those as well. You know, it's a lot of fun to, to kind of look at these guys, you know, at the more advanced level and kind of break down their game. Um, and, you know, before we, we actually get into the uh, the meat and potatoes of the podcast, you know, with everything going on in the world, I, I do think it's just appropriate to um, to acknowledge everything going on in the in the Black Lives Matter movement. And, you know, of course, we're we're both heavy supporters of that. And, you know, for me personally, it's been a lot about, you know, how, how can I not just be not part of the problem, but how can I be a part of the solution? You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, I, I just felt like it, it was an appropriate thing to say. And, um, you know, Richard, do you have anything to add? I know you, you've been pretty vocal about it as well. Yeah, no, you, I mean, you covered it pretty well. Uh, I mean, just the most important thing is just trying to educate yourself, others that may or may not, uh, you know, agree with you or anything like that. Just try and spread education you have the money to donate to the bail funds, uh, just make sure you're helping the community. Yeah. And by the way, one of those ways to educate yourself, I don't know if you've been following uh, Emmanuel Acho's uh, Twitter, uh, and he's been posting those videos, on, uh, I believe they're called Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man, um, but super informative, um, you know, really makes you think about some things that, that you otherwise wouldn't have. So, uh, again, just wanted to, to kind of lead off with that. Um, but, you know, with that in mind, um, you know, I, I kind of want to explain our podcast a little bit because I think we're going to do things a little bit differently. Um, the way we kind of wanted to do it was as opposed to a lot of podcasts out there, um, you know, they, they cover a lot, um, you know, over the course of one single episode. And for us, you know, when we're talking about a prospect, we like to really break break them down into, you know, a bunch of different attributes and factors. And so seeing, you know, discussing that with each other and, and acknowledging that we might have very similar evaluations, but the way that we value those attributes um, totally changes how we you know, grade the players. And I, I just thought it'd make, it'd make for a good conversation. Yeah. And I, I'm really excited for this. We're going to go into a lot of detail uh, a few guys at a time, you know, maybe one, two people at a time. We're not going to overwhelm y'all with time on one person or anything like that. Uh, we want to make this pretty, you know, quick, but concise and um, really excited for this. this is something I know I've always wanted to do. Jared and I have a history of, uh, you know, we did small podcasts in the past, uh, back like, you know, four or three years ago. Shout uh, out Sports Jared, Dump. Yeah. Jared was actually the first person who introduced me to Jaron Jackson. He's like, this guy, this guy is going to be good. This is like, I think August of 2018, or excuse me, 2017. So Jared knows his stuff. Uh, I know I really can't say that enough. Uh, so without further ado, Jared, you want to introduce our first prospect? Yeah. So I think this guy is um, probably the not consensus because I think at this point there is no consensus, but where, where you'd find the most people leaning towards the number one player would be Anthony Edwards. Um, and I can say right off the bat that, you know, Richard and I've already talked about him a little bit with each other and we, we agree on some things we disagree on others, but let's just start with, with the, the player's background, obviously, um, 
you know, he's, he's super young, uh, doesn't even turn 19 until August. So freshman coming out of Georgia was super highly touted. Um, you know, what, what do you kind of have on, on his general background? Yeah. So he, he had kind of an uphill battle to an extent, you know, reclassifying and then jumping into the college game with the new three point line that is really close to the NBA line. Um, you know, the shot clock reset to 20, uh, overall, just way closer to the NBA game than any year ever in college. And he kind of had to be thrown right into the fire and he still was able to produce at a really high level. And uh, even though it wasn't always the most efficient, I think that's where an area that got him was, you know, the new three point line really affected him. He shot under 30 percent from three. Um, but I mean, his overall background just really jumps out. You know, the physical profile is incredible, uh, really good size. He's comfortable with both hands. So I, I just like, you know, the initial reaction is clear. He's a top five talent in this draft at the worst. Yeah, like you were saying, the the physical profile super impressive. He's, uh, you know, the the measurements I have him at six five two twenty five with a six eight wingspan. Again, doesn't even turn nineteen until uh, August, which means he'll play his entire rookie season as a teenager, uh, which is pretty rare these days. Um, his stat line, real quick, he played in thirty two games this season, averaged thirty three minutes per game. Uh, shot about 16 uh, field goal attempts per game, making just over 40% of those uh, on just under eight three-point attempts uh, per game. He made 29.4% of those. And on about five and a half free throw attempts, he made just over 77%. Good for a 19.5 rebound and just under three assist uh, split. Uh, just under a steal and a half as well. So, um, you know, just looking at those numbers, you know, the, there's obviously a lot to like, but, you know, anybody can box score scouts. So why don't we kind of get into into the nitty gritty a little bit? So my first question is, you know, I when I personally do my rankings, I classify players as guards, wings, forwards, and posts. So yes, I recognize that you know, there's, you know, you know, there is a difference between ones and twos and twos and threes, et cetera. But so many guys can play multiple positions and roles that for me, you can kind of at least pin them to one of those. So you're not like putting Anthony Edwards down as a, a shooting guard and a small forward and, a, you know, whatever. So, you know, you personally, where, where do you have him, you know, as far as like a position? Yeah, so he would be probably a combo guard given the size and play style and everything because uh, really he's almost a prototypical shooting guard uh, that can a really combo guard, I guess. You know, he has the shot creation ability, the which we'll get into later, but the shot creation ability is really strong for a shooting guard, uh, but he can't be a point guard full time. I don't think you're going to want that considering just some of his decision making uh, just really goes out the window at times, uh, yeah. which for a guard, you don't want that but he can still run the offense. So he's probably, and, and he can probably guard up, which is really nice. Cause like you said, you know, you want to keep guys in certain ranges. Um, you can maybe guard some small forwards. I don't know if you want him to, uh, but given his strength and size, he probably has the ability. So I'd say he's a one and a half on offense, you know, combo guard. And then on defense, he can play one through three. Interesting. Okay. I, I thought you might say that. And I think that's going to be kind of the crux of where we differ on the evaluation, but that's going to be great because it's going to make for great conversation. I actually have him listed as a wing. And when we kind of get into the eval portion, you know, I'll, I'll talk about kind of why I don't necessarily like him as, as a combo guard, you know, where, where I don't necessarily see those, those skills. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's it's going to be important for us to kind of revisit at the end that, you know, I actually have him listed as a wing, kind of more of a two three, whereas you view him as more of a combo guard, you know, more of a two, but who can who can give you some some stuff at the one. So, um, you know, we we talked about, you know, his position and potential role, the stat line, the background. Let's dig a little bit more into the athletic profile before we get into the the skill portion. So, um Obviously, athletically, he's ridiculous. I mean, yeah. to put it to put it bluntly, <laughs> right? I mean, he's just so explosive. Yeah, and and he can do it with both hands too. If you watch him, you know, going left, going right, it doesn't matter. There's a lot of players that 
Um, and actually, just off the top of my head, there's some SEC guys that I remember watching him against. And you would see some of them just be incredible going right hand and then they would be forced left and, you know, they're a little bit slower. You don't see that with Anthony Edwards. There was a video I had tweeted. Um, I want to say it was, God, it was a long time ago. I'll be retweeting it uh, for this. But the whole time he gets the rebound or someone passes to him right at the rim. He brings it up entirely left handed, full possession. He misses the shot, but he takes it to the rim. Super comfortable. You would have thought, I mean, it's a move that a five year veteran makes in the NBA, not an 18, 19 year old um, you know, freshman. So he's incredibly gifted athletically and, you know, he can posterize anybody. He can take off from anywhere, checks out every single box in the athleticism department, I think. Yeah. I mean, you know, the talk about the quickness and you see it in both the hands and the feet, right? Like you, you see the quick twitch muscle, but for me, something that really stuck out was, you know, he can make some guys who have good lateral mobility look a step behind because of how quick that that first step is and just how how explosive he is so not just in the open floor and when he's rising up because everyone can see that yeah he jumped really high but you know the fact that he can jump like that off either foot you know the quickness that we see um you know the 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 power that he plays with and the strength that he plays with um you know, and, and we'll kind of get into, you know, where that really plays up in, in a minute. But, you know, I, I just think it's important to acknowledge that athletically, do, do you think he's probably the best pound for pound athlete in the draft? Oh, or man. Or at least in that conversation. Yeah, he's 100% in the conversation. I'd really have to think about uh, who the number one is, but he's for sure, again, top five in that area. Like there's, there's no question the size and like you said, the first step, I mean, I was watching some videos to prepare for this uh, that I had put out, and uh, you would have thought he was playing against high schoolers. Like, there were guys that I see as good rep, uh, good defenders. Like, he blew by Scotty Lewis from Florida, who is one of the top now 2021 guys, and he's and he's one of the better defenders. Like, it's it's incredible to me. He makes everyone, everybody, for the most part, just look slower than they actually are. For sure. So... You know, we, we've kind of talked about the physical gifts and there's obviously tons of them. So let's kind of get into the into the fun part, the evaluation. So, you know, the first portion I want to get into is the scoring. Um, and we've kind of broken down each uh, each section into different subsections as well. So the first aspect of, of his scoring, uh, let's just talk about the shooting mechanics. Um, you know, what do you see, you know, mechanically, um, you know, just kind of in general? Yeah, so I see nothing really jumps out in terms of negatives on his jump shot at the release. You know, the the form isn't bad. It's not great. It's not perfect, obviously, but I don't have any gripes with it. Um, overall, I mean, I'd say it's average to above average form. Uh, the thing that really sticks out to me, though, is just how quick his feet are and how quick he can get square to the basket. Uh, and you see that a lot with his off the dribble. Uh, you know, he loves that step back or turning to the side and he's immediately square. Um, that's the thing that far and away is the most important to me is that his base is just all there yeah i would agree with that i think there's there's really no red flags i actually think his mechanics are pretty clean uh, you know like you said maybe tweaking one or two things here or there but for the most part uh, and, and the thing you have to remember about guys who are this young you know these first year freshmen um and and even some of the younger sophomores is they're still physically maturing. They're still growing into their bodies and shooting. You know, I was listening to Tyrese Halliburton talk about it. Uh, I think it was him. Shooting is, is such a fluid thing. It's always changing constantly. And, and when these guys, you know, three years ago, Anthony Edwards was 15 years old. You know, he wasn't a 6'5", 220 pound monster that he is now. So you have to adjust to the touch and, you know, the extra lift you're getting when you jump to shoot, uh, you know, all these different factors, your arms getting longer, your hands getting bigger. So I, I think right away, I just want to say I think he's much better than his, you know, what, what is it, 40, 29, 77 splits would indicate, um, you know, for that reason. And I look to his um, to his shooting mechanics and say, OK, that I, I, I buy the shot. Would you say you you buy the shot as well for the most part? Oh yeah, part? yeah, and and the numbers the numbers are deceiving. I mean, the offense at Georgia first of all was atrocious. 
Yeah, uh, second, the free throw percentage has always been the most important thing to me. Um, 77% is a pretty strong number. Uh, Especially for an 18-year-old. Yeah, and he took eight threes a game. So a lot of that is shot selection, too. I mean, he took some Right, more- and I was going to get into that with, um, you know, us being Mavs fans. Obviously, their play style is totally different, but I kind of drew the comparison to Luca, right, where his three-point percentage, I think, is lower than his actual shooting ability because he'll just come down and enforce tough shots, which is something, you know, we'll get into a little bit further along with Edwards. Um, how how much do you buy the jump shot? Like, is he a guy that, you know, you're going to run off of, of pin downs and, and try to get him the ball quick so he can quickly square up? Because I don't personally see that, but I love his, his pull-up ability, right? Like, it's just kind of rock you to sleep and then, you know, pull up in your face or even stop on a dime heading straight towards the basket and pull up, you know, Westbrook loves that shot. Um, but, but those are things that I think he's, he, he's already got a really good grasp on. Yeah. And my, my only fear with him in terms of shooting is just how is he going to move off ball? Because he's played an incredibly ball dominant role at Georgia. So I'm really curious to kind of see where, his scoring comes from off ball, how he adjusts. Um, obviously, you know, playing with NBA talent people compared to, I mean, I think he has one other prospect on the team uh, that's on my board and it, that's going to be a major difference. I mean, he's not going to, like you said, he's not going to come off pin downs. He's not going to do any of that, but I'm uh, kind of going again, seeing with the, with the Mavs, uh, not comparison, but a play style, you know, OJ Mayo, when he was here, the same plays that they drew up for him, quick threes and all that, that's what I feel like a lot of his three-point shots are going to be, is just the same kind of thing. You know, he had a lot of those moving jump shots. Uh, that was one of his uh, more iconic shots, I guess, uh, in Dallas. But something like that is how I kind of picture him being used off-ball. Okay. Before, before Dirk returned and everything went south. <laughs> right. I actually think he, he moves pretty well off the ball as a cutter. I think he's very instinctive. He he can he recognizes when his defender turns and he'll he'll go back door, um, and he's really dangerous when he's got a full head of steam like that. I, I don't I don't necessarily agree that that he's a guy that you want really shooting kind of coming off of screens or off movement. But you know I, I think where he'll get a lot of his threes is kind of in ISO situations or, or pick and roll situations when when the defender goes under and kind of dares him to shoot. So. Um, you know, anything else you wanted to add about, you know, the, the jump shot, you know, in particular before? No, I, I mean, the next thing I, I think would just be finishing and, and okay. I'm, dude, the finishing is crazy for him. I mean, as I said earlier, he's just as comfortable going left as he is right. And that, that has to be the most important thing for me. And he's so athletic that he gets to the rim quick and then he's just able to finish either hand with absolutely no issue. Yeah, I agree. Great touch with both hands. But what makes him incredibly unique is his power at the rim, in my opinion, his ability to, to absorb that contact uh, and, and kind of finish through defenders. He can finish over defenders. He can finish through defenders. He doesn't have to get creative around the rim because, again, he's 18 years old and he's built like a tank. Yeah, and there's so many things that you can say about him. Like, you know, he's you know, he's got some of the motor issues and everything, but I mean, just getting to the rim and, and anything like that and using, utilizing his athleticism is an absolute top tier strength of his. Like he uses it to his advantage so much. You said it best, the power that he gets to the, that he finishes with is unmatched. And uh, another area kind of near the rim that helps him with, goes along with powers. He can post up a lot of um, smaller players and, you know, that's where he can kind of play wing. I'm sure that factors into your positional view. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw him take some smaller defenders into the post, um, and and I think he's going to have that ability because of his strength and his size. Um, and, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he really develops, you know, a, a, a post turnaround, you know, that, that we've, we've seen, you know, Kobe perfect, and, and, you know, he got that from Michael Jordan. But to me, that perfectly suits Edwards' game, um, and, you know, he can kind of build from there. Um I actually think he he showcased some really good passing out of the post. Um, but but I want to get your thoughts on his passing before I kind of share mine. 
So <laughs> don't let the assist numbers fool you. Uh, my favorite, my absolute favorite video I've ever tweeted uh, in the three and a half years I've had Mavs draft was this play where Anthony Edwards finds, he brings in the double team. Uh, he finds the open player in the corner and the guy on his team just decides to pump fake nobody. I mean, nobody's within 10 feet of him. Does a dribble in, step back, airballs it. So I, I think the assists are wildly misleading. And he's a decent playmaker. And this is why I think he'll be a combo guard. He has the ability to initiate an offense every once in a while. You don't want him being the primary guy. Uh, but he has good vision. He knows where his teammates are. He knows what spots to pass to. Uh, and I think that's really important. Yeah. And and I think when, when you talk about just raw passing ability, like – can he make any pass on the court? I think he can. You know, I've seen him make cross-court passes with one hand, you know, off the live ball dribble, no problem. My question is, uh, is that going to be a major factor in his game? Right, you, you talked about the court vision. I, I think I think he sees it, but I don't know if he anticipates it. You know what I mean? Like, the, the play you're talking about, he recognized the double team. He saw where it was coming from, and it was a pretty basic just kind of swing to the corner. That, that was when you're talking about, right? It was kind of just yeah. a swing to yeah. – yeah. I remember yep. you sent me that when we were talking about this. Um, so I, I think as a read and react passer, he, he can do it, but I don't I don't see natural playmaking instincts. And, and I guess what I'm saying by that is I don't, I don't see him anticipating things. I, I don't see him – you know, recognize that the defender has his back turned and his guy's about to cut and he makes the pass almost like you, if you wanted to liken it to a quarterback who, who makes the pass, you know, before the, the receiver comes out of his break, even like that type of thing. I, I don't, I don't see that with him. What, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. And one of my big cons on him is, uh, is the fact that he doesn't get others involved naturally and easily. Um, kind of like you said, I mean, yeah, you can, he can excel at the basic stuff, but will he ever get to the advanced stuff? Who knows? And, and that could be a, an issue. You know, if you want to see that as a flaw, I mean, that you hold him back from putting in number one, something like that. I mean, that's fully reasonable. If you're going to have a six, five guard, you can't make high level, difficult, tough decisions on the fly. Granted, he is 18. So like, obviously, you know, we're not saying he'll never be this or something, but for, for right sure. now, for right now, you know, that could be an issue. And, you know, if you're getting a number one pick, you want you want your guy to be able to do these in these tough moments. And obviously, as the game gets higher intensity, those decisions, you need to make them quicker and quicker. And I don't know if he necessarily has the quick decision making for a high level play. Like good right. play. And if he does, how willing is he to trust his teammates? Right? Obviously, you know, we mentioned the the talent around him at Georgia was was less than stellar um, and, and he kind of had to play hero ball sometimes, but is that going to be something that factors in regularly in the NBA or is he going to learn to start trusting his teammates? And, and like you said, he's super young, you know, he's, he's got a ton of time to figure that out. Um, but it is a question I have about him. Um, how, do you like him as, as a pick and roll guy? Like as someone a who can initiate it? I mean, I like him as a pick-and-roll scorer. Do I want him yeah. beating the role man? Mm, I'm not so confident on that one. Yeah, and I don't know how – if he's really reading it. Because there were times it seemed like the screen would come and he would use it for the sake of it. But it didn't seem like he was probing or reading the floor. Like, to me, that's where I don't see those lead guard skills. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you, you use it to get him free and, and maybe get him a, a mismatch on a switch or something. But – you know, is he going to recognize, OK, they're they're fighting over, you know, I, I need to to maybe hesitate on my dribble, let my role man get involved. You know, I have the weak side shooter or is he more OK there? I, I see a lane and I'm attacking. Yeah. And if that's all he can do, that's still fine because he's really, really good at that. You know, I, but but I think it is something that that bears mentioning. Yeah, and who knows what it's going to be, you know, the college game, the spacing is god-awful. So who knows what the spacing will affect, too, and, and, and I think a lot of it depends on where he lands. Um, you know, if, if he goes to Cleveland, it's going to be a lot different from Golden State, you know. Yeah, and, and we'll talk about, you know, their, their best fits, you know, coming up here in a little bit. Sticking with the guard theme, 
ball handling, uh, kind of the last thing on offense that we're going to touch on. But um, definitely not a bad ball handler to me. No. And I, I feel like, you know, the step back alone, I mean, that might be just skewing my perception a little bit. But his step back is elite for an 18 year old to be able no, to. No, it's very advanced. It's very and, advanced. And it's incredible. So seeing moves like that, um, like I mean, he has a bag, you know, and and seeing moves like that make me think that he's going to develop better moves that he can use more free, frequently with you know mixing it up. Um, I really think his ball handling upside is incredible. Yeah. Well, and you talked about it too. He he can go both ways. Um, you know, use either hand. So. I think he can get to wherever he needs on the court. Um, and, you know, I, he's got a, a tight enough handle that, you know, I'm not worried about him just kind of, you know, getting getting stripped whenever he's sizing a guy up and, and trying to go at him one-on-one. So, um, you know, but before we kind of get into the defensive side, uh, anything else on offense that, that you wanted to touch on? No, I, I think we touched on all of it. I mean, like the short run, the short thing is if you somehow skipped all of this and just got to this one point by some miracle for you, <laughs> then <laughs> I mean, what you need to know is, I mean, he's offensively gifted. Like there's there's very little doubt, I think, that his offense doesn't turn into at the least really good production. I mean, uh, we'll get to comparisons later, but I mean, this guy is going to be a 15 plus points per game guy one way or another. Just depends on if it's kind of empty or not. Uh, his decision making is going to be what really drives him forward and getting that next step for him. For sure. Um, okay, so defensively, let's start with his on-ball defense. Uh, to me, he's got all the tools to be locked down, like locked down. And we've seen it. We've seen him, you know, say this guy's not going to score, and and they don't. Right? He he gives them no space. Yeah, I mean, I was watching, like I said, just to prepare, because I'd, I'd kind of moved on from Edwards to watch some lower guys uh, in the recent weeks and uh, just kind of refreshing my memory. There are some plays where, I mean, he, like you said, he moves very well on the defensive end. Uh, I feel like we're going to cover a lot of things with this one area because it's just so universal, but it's all up to effort for him on that end. I mean, my biggest knock on him overall is just he doesn't always um, give 100% effort. And if he gave 100% effort every single time and didn't lose, you know, a bunch of energy on the offensive end, like he's a two-way star. Like he has all the tools to do it. Now, do I think he'll actually get to that? Probably not. But it, it's all about his motor. I mean, that's that's the biggest question mark on defense for me. Yeah, and, and you mentioned it with, you know, how much it's going to take away from the offense. Obviously, you know, you would hope once he gets to the NBA level, he's not going to have to be relied on as much to score. Um, and so maybe he, he'll be able to focus a little bit more on defense, um, you know, just kind of hearing him talk about it. It sounds like something that he does really pride himself on. Um, and, you, you know, but you do see like there are times where, you know, even in important situations, he'll he'll kind of ease up out of his stance a little bit. Um, and and, you know, he doesn't seem super locked in for all 40 minutes, but. You know, when he when he really wants it, he's got the lateral mobility. He's got the length. He's got the strength like no one's no one's going to go through him. No one's going to go around him. You know, he's, he's got the length to kind of bother the ball handler um, and, and really crowd him and suffocate him. Um, now, off ball defense. Um, <laughs> I Just in general, just about every young prospect has to work on this first and foremost i mean there are some who are more advanced than others but you know what wh- where do you kind of view him as an off-ball defender at this point yeah not everybody can be devin vassell <laughs> <laughs> no he that's probably the biggest issue uh that i have for him on defense i mean he's lazy off ball i mean there's really no other way around it um uh, he just doesn't give 100 percent off effort off ball it's kind of his time to breathe and recover and get some energy for offense uh, so that's definitely an area that needs to be improved. And, and I think as his usage goes down in the NBA, like compared to what it was in Georgia, you know, being the man uh, with no help, I think you'll see at least a little bit more there. Um, but yeah, the off ball defense, yet again, it comes down to motor. Yeah. And I would even say he just doesn't see it yet. You know, he just doesn't have a great grasp on where he needs to be and, and proper rotations. I will say, um, and this is something that I've kind of noticed is becoming more of a trend as as 
blocking shots has become this, you know, highlight in these high school mixtapes. And, and so more kids are wanting to do it. He does a really good job, I would say, of rotating from the weak side and, and helping at the rim. I, I think he actually does have some upside just as, as a backside rim protector. Obviously, that's not something he's going to do a lot. Um, but, you know, it's there. Uh, if he's put in that situation, you know, the ability to just get vertical and challenge at the rim. And, you know, I think we've, we've seen him, you know, flash the ability to play passing lanes because of his length and his quickness. Um, you know, I think that's something, an area where he can make his money. Um, you know, rebounding for a, for a wing or a combo guard or whatever you view him really, really is a two guard. I, I think we both kind of agree. Pretty good rebounder, I would say. Yeah, no, really good rebounder. He just hasn't, he has a nose for the ball. Um, and like you said, it kind of reminds me of Tyshawn Alexander of Creighton with the rim protection. He does a great job, same thing, rotating um, and being able to go for that block when he knows it's there, cutting just entirely the play off. Um, really similar in that regard, you know, both guards that can do a little bit extra in that department because they're just so athletic. Right. Um, you know, I think the last thing that I, that I had that we were going to talk about was the motor, but we've kind of covered that. <laughs> we've, we've more or less covered basketball IQ, but I, I do think it's important to reiterate the, the shot selection, you know, offensively, just kind of understanding, you know, when do I need to, to get everyone else involved? I can't always have this tunnel vision. And then defensively, the, the off-ball rotations, but um, you know, anywhere else that the, the basketball IQ kind of comes into play? Uh, no, I mean, I would, the, we covered it pretty intensely, I feel like. And the one thing I would say is that don't judge his stats as talent or, you know, good or bad, whatever. Uh, I mean, a lot of that can be a function of, uh, of basketball IQ. You know, like I said, his shot selection, he loves forcing some bad shots. Uh, he's guilty of it. I mean, a lot of 18-year-olds are. Uh, so, that's just going to be a habit that he has to break. Uh, that's probably the biggest question mark for me with his basketball IQ is, is he stuck in those ways? Cause I personally, I didn't watch much of him as a junior in high school. I don't, I saw, you know, some highlights, but uh, if I'm watching high school tape, I'm mostly going to be watching senior year. And for me, my question is, is just, are those habits something that are set in his way like that he's set in, or is it something that he did for one year because he knew he was a one man show really interested in seeing how that turns out for him. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Um, so now we're going to get into, well, b- before we talk about where they're ranked, do you have a comparison for Anthony Edwards? I know you don't love doing comparisons and I don't either. Hey, I, but, I, I but love. <laughs> the important thing is we're, we're trying to get around to his play style reminds me of, and not he will have the career of. Yeah. Uh, so I love comparisons when I know when I'm very confident in them. I hate them when I'm not confident in them <laughs> in the middle. So uh, I have a few names. Uh, I have a couple names, only two that he gives me shades of. And one of them is a really low hanging fruit. So I apologize in advance for this one uh, for the upside. Something similar to Victor Oladipo. That's if he hits on defense. I think that's far and away the most important thing. Yeah, because uh, that's the big separator for him. Uh, if he hits on defense, he's going to provide you a similar value to Victor Oladipo because his scoring ability, in my opinion, is better. Uh, probably won't be the defender Oladipo is or was before the injury. Uh, another guy that, that I really, really like him uh, as a comparison is a former Mav, uh, Jason Terry, to an extent. Obviously less off ball than Jason Terry was, but kind of like, I guess, Atlanta. Uh, Jason Terry more than Dallas, you know, different roles. Uh, but it's just shades of him, not, not a direct comparison. Sure. Interesting. I actually was going to say Oladipo as well. Um, and I thought you were going to go maybe with more of a kind of combo guard guy, which I guess you kind of did with with Terry if you wanted to fuse those two. And we've seen, you know, Oladipo has some initiator traits and, and abilities. And, you know, I don't want to completely write Edwards off in that regard. But um, but, yeah, the the, you know, the scoring capabilities, the, the defensive upside, the potential to lock down at any given time. Um you know, I think the, the athleticism, uh, definitely reminiscent of Oladipo. Um, where, what, what kind of, you know, what, what are his best fits, right? So we, we kind of talked about, you know, he'd be used differently in Golden State versus, I forget the other team you, you, you mentioned, <laughs> Cleveland, right? So, yeah. you know, for obviously we have to keep it to, 
to some some of these teams that are at least at this point expected to have a top pick right we you know the lottery can can make anything crazy happen but just for you know just for the sake of not having to go through 14 teams you know give, give me one or two teams where you really like his fit yeah um so i'll keep it to like the top seven I really like him in New York just because New York really needs everything. And I think that's a really, it's a good and bad place for him. Obviously, I think he forms worse habits there, uh, which worries me. But kind of being around some of those other, like Mitchell Robinson, someone to have around him like that would really help him for pick and roll passing, for example. Um, and then another place uh, kind of similar with the, they have nothing right now, but Detroit. Uh, I really like Detroit's fit with him. I mean, they have some nice pieces that are going to be complimentary guys, like Bruce Brown is a secondary guy, um, he's a really good defender. Sekou Demboya is really good. Who knows what they do with Christian Wood? So I like kind of the, the fits on those two teams. Yeah, I, I would throw, and it might be a little unorthodox, but I would throw Atlanta into the mix just because I think for him, that would be the perfect situation because you have someone for the first time in his career who could take the scoring pressure off. And, and, you know, he, he doesn't have to be the guy. Um, so I, I think for him that, that would do wonders for his development as an all-around basketball player. Um, but, but I like what you're saying about New York and Detroit, you know, kind of allows him to continue being the guy and to be the scorer. And, um, you know, I, I guess as we kind of get into where you have him ranked, you know, my biggest concern with him because I, I don't doubt that he's the most talented player in the draft. But my biggest concern is how conducive is his playing style to winning basketball games. Um, and I say that because I, I think if, if the defense doesn't really come around and he kind of sticks to this tunnel vision mindset, I'm, I'm just worried he's just going to be a, a guy who puts up empty stats, right? A guy who is an inefficient scorer, you know, who, who puts up 20 shots a game. And, yeah, you know, he might be scoring 25, 30 a night, but he doesn't really add anything else of value. Now, I definitely see the upside, um, and I think he's really interesting because he could he has the potential to get a GM fired for two reasons. There's the reason of how did you pass up on this kind of talent for anybody else? Or how did you take this kind of risk at number one overall? So the moment we've all been waiting for, where do you have him ranked? Yeah, before I get into the ranking real quick, the what you just said reminds me a lot of like Warriors Monte Ellis. Like yeah, you've got or Zach Levine right now in Chicago. Yeah, you've got a guy who produces like no other, but are you really winning? Is it helping you get to where you at, where you want to be as a team? And that's the question, you know, you have to ask yourself as a GM. So for me, I have him as my number one player. Uh, I feel like anybody who's followed me, you know, on Twitter for the last eight months has seen uh, that I've, I'm pretty high on him. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, he's, like you said, the most talented player, highest upside, I think, of the class. Uh, and I think he's got a decently safe floor. What about you? So I have him as number three. And I, I will say that, you know, you might be listening to this and be like, what's the big disparity? It's one versus three. I, I think one to three is a significantly larger gap than, you know, 11 to 13 even. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Like, yeah. I, yeah. I just think because the gravity of the situation of having a top three pick, like you have to nail it. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, but again, you know, it, I, I, I don't hate Anthony Edwards you know I, I think he's a phenomenal basketball player again he's my third overall player in the draft you know there are just a couple guys that I have ahead of him um that I, I just think their their play styles are more conducive to winning basketball at this point uh, you know the I don't have the appetite for for that kind of risk um but again it, you know it all depends on what team we're talking about here right like if I'm the GM of the Atlanta Hawks yeah, he's probably the guy I would take number one overall. If I'm just starting a team from scratch, I I don't I don't think I, I would want to go that route. I think I would I would look at a, a couple other players, obviously. So um, if you're okay with it, do you want to just jump into one of those other players here? Yeah, that's a perfect bridge. Uh, you want to introduce uh, our second player of this? 
Yeah. So the the second guy we wanted to talk about, you know, we just talked about, you know, a, a guard wing kind of player. Now I want to talk about a big man, Onyeka Okongwu. Did I pronounce that right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. <laughs> I, I just saw you in the in the Google Doc cor- correct my spelling. At, <laughs> I, I missed the W, but uh, all right. Talk to me about Okongwu. I know that he uh, he went to Chino Hills. He played with the Ball Brothers. Um, you know, obviously he's Lamelo's age. So what else do you kind of have on his general background? Yeah. So I I think I've got this right, but his brother uh, passed away when he was a younger. I think he was 17. Uh, so, I mean, he's he's had that kind of trauma on him. I've heard great things about his character. Um, when I went to the TCU game and, you know, I sat next to some NCAA people and got to talk to them. And, and they were saying, I mean, the subtle they, flex. Yeah, it's subtle. <laughs> they they had said good things about his character. And and I mean, that was a big thing for me that night, uh, that game. I mean, first of all, he dominated. I'm, I'm going to be referencing that night quite a bit in, uh, in the next 20, 30 minutes. But uh, yeah, no, really good kid. Uh, kind of comes from, I guess, a humble beginning in that regard, you know, uphill battle and stuff. Uh, but yeah, no, great kid. I can't say that enough. <laughs> Sorry, I'm pulling him up here. So I got him at 6'9", 245, uh, seven foot wingspan, 19 years old, played in 28 games, 30 minutes a night, uh, shot 61% on uh, 10 field goals per game. Uh, 25% from three, but only attempted 0.1 per game. Um, <laughs> Uh, attempted five free throws a game, converted a 72% clip, uh, 16 points, eight and a half rebounds, an assist, a steal, and just shy of three blocks per game. So uh, what what kind of, I mean, obviously he's a post. Um, do you think he can play the four and the five? Yeah, I'm. so I'm really confident in his whole game developing. Um, I think, I mean, the 60% shooting is really nice considering he uh, he probably could have shot way higher if he knew a little bit more how to use his athleticism. You know, a lot of times he would get under the basket, he would play under the basket uh, for whatever reason, even though he's an incredible athlete. Uh, but I, I just buy all of his game just getting better. He's like one area, we'll, we'll get into this a little bit more in detail, but his passing is nowhere, I don't think, nowhere near where it could be one day. Um, and same with his jump shot. I mean, yeah, you said, you know, he took like four threes or something like that for the year and made one. But that's an area where I legitimately think he could shoot 15, 20 feet from, you know, and, and space the floor just a little bit. I mean, he's a do it all big. Yeah. And I agree, you know, defensively too, we'll, we'll kind of get into all that where, where he's got some versatility. Um, you know, you mentioned how athletic he is. Um, you know, you, you look at the guy long arm, he, he looks like he was built in a lab, honestly, long <laughs> arms, just rocked up solid frame, uh, with room to add more muscle as he needs to. But honestly, I think he's already got an NBA-ready body. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and, and he doesn't need to add a bunch of strength to be able to have the same defensive impact uh, in the NBA as he had in USC. For sure. Um, so super athletic, um, you know, looks the part already. Um, so we're going to get into the evaluation, and it's going to kind of follow the same sort of pattern that we just had. Uh, with Anthony Edwards, um, obviously we'll focus on some different things, but um, let's quickly jump into his shooting mechanics. So you talked about, um, you know, you you could see the shot developing, and I agree. I actually think at this point, you know, I, I think he kind of flashes, a, you know, 12 to 15 footer. I, I could see him stretching out close to the three-point line, not as a consistent threat, but you know, enough that you have to respect the shot at some point. Um, just because I, I think the mechanics are pretty clean overall. What do you think? Yeah, he still has to clean up a little bit on the jump shot. I know on his free throw. Uh, I mean, I, I just don't like when guys guide hand just leave very early. Uh, sure. So I mean, it smoothed that out. That's something that I could see, you know, really helping. Uh, but I mean, yet again, like I said with Anthony Edwards, uh, the free throw percentage is really nice. 72% for a big is really promising. Uh, and I think he could potentially even shoot from the corners uh, enough where you have to guard him. doesn't have to be, yeah. you know, 35 plus percent, even if he shoots 30%, hey, stepping out, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would agree. You know, you mentioned the the guide hand. You know, I do think there's a little too much going on with that guide hand, but I like how high his release is. You know, he squares himself up to the basket. You know, I think it's just repetition and kind of cleaning up. 
uh, the mechanics, but but it's workable in my opinion. And I don't think it's something that he has to rebuild from the ground up. Right, exactly. It's something that he already has built up. I mean, and the touch is there too. Yeah. So, and really, I mean, none of us think he's going to be, you know, shooting off movement or, or anything like that. You know, we, we don't project like a, you know, even a Jaron Jackson type of, you know, shooting ability out of him. But, um, you know, the areas he'll kind of be shooting the ball is just kind of, mo- mostly it would be off of pick and pop, right? Yeah. Would you agree with that? Yeah, pick and pop or driving kick where he's, yeah, like maybe said, he's just kind of know, in, the in the corner. But yeah, yeah, no, yeah he's yeah. not going to be, a, he's never going to be taking a dribble and shooting. Like it's, if he takes a dribble, he's not shooting a jump shot. Uh, that's, I mean, that's almost universal, I think, for him. So, so let's skip down to, to ball handling now, because you just referenced his dribbling. I actually think he's got pretty good handles for a yep. big man. Yeah. Um, and I think that kind of feeds into his, his post game, actually. Yeah, no, and he has a nice post game. And, and what I like about him is, like, he doesn't do anything crazy advanced. You know, he's not going to be hitting you with that behind the back and then, like, into a crossover. Never going to do something like that. Uh, but his ball handling... It's just, I mean, he knows how to not get stripped, which I think is really important for someone who's going to be putting the ball on the floor 15, 20 feet away as a big man, is if they can just have ball security. And yeah, it helps. Or, or even in tight, honestly. Because yeah. the closer you get to the basket, the tougher it is to dribble. So, yeah. um, you know, I agree. He keeps it tight to his body. He, he pounds the ball hard, and, and he does a really good job of, you know, one, two dribbles, securing the ball you know, making his move and going up. And I think that's that's a skill that's super underrated, but it's going to serve him really well because it's going to broaden his, his entire horizon of, of potential post moves. And, and like you mentioned, you know, he's already got kind of a, a workable arsenal at this point. So uh, how, how do you see his, his post game developing overall? So obviously the post moves are dying and everything like that in the NBA. Uh, but it still has a place. Uh, if you get him the ball quick, I think, in kind of a one-on-one situation, I think he can take his guy to work, depending on who it is, of course. Uh, but I think he's going to be capable at the least there in the post. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I would say the high post, too, because of that that one-two dribble you know, kind of thing he can do. You know, I think it'd be, he can be a threat from either post. Yeah, and, and if I'm not mistaken, he has a nice – uh, post spin move as well. Yeah, so that, that's a really important move to have. Yeah, and obviously when you're working in the post, you know most of his, you know, finishing is going to be coming around the basket. You know, we talked about it. He finished over 60% of his looks uh, from the field. Um, how, how do you see him developing as a finisher? Uh, I mean, it comes down to how much he plays above the rim and, you know, if he's playing below the rim, being smarter about it. Uh, I've seen some of his shots just get scooped up too easily just because he settled for a difficult layup rather than passing out of it, first of all, Um, or, you know, just finding a way to use his athleticism a little bit better. Uh, So that's I literally have two flaws for him. Like we've already addressed one with the shooting mechanics and the other is that he just plays for under the rim too much uh you know he could he settles for layups that are more blockable than his dunks with his long arms and athleticism yeah but i think the good news is we we both think he's got the physical tools to to be an above the rim player right right right, exactly which is really important yeah and and i i you know i think we've seen him finish with with both hands you know he's got that little hook shot that you know from eight feet out that he can finish with both hands so He's actually got really soft touch around the basket. Um, but really where I think offensively he's going to be most dangerous is as a role man in the pick and roll. So do you kind of want to talk about the, the vertical spacing that he can bring? Yeah, and, and he does the he handles the pick and roll perfectly on both ends. I mean, really cannot be understated about how great he is as a prospect, uh, a freshman prospect, let alone um on in the pick and roll. I mean, that's, it's really rare. I feel like to see someone like him on both ends dominate like that. And, and his athleticism is probably his biggest tool in the pick and roll. He knows and he eight plus, he knows how to, uh, how to roll, when to roll. He has good ability to wait to see. He doesn't just dive recklessly. Uh, I think all of that really just makes him strong there. And, and that's probably where his best finishing is. He doesn't play under the basket in the pick and roll. Yeah. Yeah. He, he gives, you know, a huge target, you know, he's, 
He's got those long arms. You know, he's he's not a seven footer. He's I say only, but you know, only six nine, six ten. But you know, he's got those long arms, big hands, and because he can jump so high, he gives his uh, you know his passer you know a, a huge margin for error when when he's rolling to the basket. Um, and and when you have that kind of roller on your team it creates so much space. You know, I mentioned the term vertical spacing. Um, do you kind of want to explain a little further what, what that means exactly? Yeah, uh, it, I'm not the best at explaining it, but essentially it's just that if, if you have the threat of the pick and roll, it makes everyone kind of gather towards that play and it leaves other areas just a little bit more open. So it's exactly. not a shoot. Right, yeah, yeah, creating tons of, of other opportunities for, for good shooters on the floor. And obviously in the NBA, there's going to be tons of, of other good shooters. I think the other area he could be really dangerous in the pick and roll is in short roll situations when when he can get the ball and then kind of read the floor. Uh, and I kind of want to get into his passing here. Um, nice little segue for that. Um, <laughs> but he's a he's a good passer for a big. Yeah. So that's probably the area I buy the most for him. Um, he so again, the TCU game. Um, God, his ability to see the floor from the top of the key is so, so good for a big man. And and if you watch the NBA, you know, a lot of times teams will start their plays with a center at the top of the key. And sometimes, you know, they'll kill the play and just they see a cutter under the basket and they make a magnificent cut. Like sometimes LeBron will do it. Obviously, he's not a center, but you see some centers doing that. And I think Okongwu would join that company. Uh, and I could see him averaging upwards of two, three, four assists a game uh, if he hits his ceiling. Yeah, I mean, and we're starting to see, you know, big men getting really involved as passers. Jokic, obviously, Bam Adebayo uh, has emerged as one of the better playmaking bigs in the game. Um, you know, and, and we've seen it with Okongwu. He can make passes with both hands from, from various places on the court. You know, when he's working in the low block, he, he's cognizant of, of peeking towards the lane and finding that that weak side shooter, um, you know, on the wing or even in the corner. So, um, you know, I, I think it's a really underrated part of his game, but it, it can't be overlooked because it creates so many more opportunities for those guys around him. Yeah, no, he, uh, I mean, he just has like, keep saying it, but that gravity, he just has it, you know, and, and it's, and it's rare for a big man, let alone again, a freshman big man to have that sort of just overall gravity, uh, I, I can't say that word enough, but it really is important for him. <laughs> Wasn't that a movie, Gravity? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. A little bit less. Was, uh, was George Clooney in that? <laughs> yeah, George yeah, Clooney. And, uh, and, was it Sandra Bullock? No, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, Sand, yeah, 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 Sandra Bullock. Yeah, 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 it was that. Okay. I don't Not think much I saw in... it, but I'm, I'm, I, I remember the trailers and being like, what is going on here? <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, so we, we kind of covered the, the basics on offense for Okongwu, you know, just kind of summing it up. You know, the, the shooting's not there yet, but I think we both think it's it's workable. You know, he may not be a consistent three-point threat, but maybe enough. You know, good ball handler, good passer for, for his size, but, you know, his bread and butter's going to kind of be in that pick and roll. Um, defensively, maybe the best big defender in the draft. Yeah, I mean, he has an argument for best defender because he can guard virtually anybody. I don't know if he can guard point guards, but he can guard just about anybody that's not, you know, a super quick point guard uh, on the floor. He can switch. That's not an issue. So that's why, you know, I said earlier, his pick and roll defense is really strong. Um, His ability just to naturally switch, you know, take advantage of the switches. He knows how to use his height on smaller defenders or smaller ball handlers. Um, he doesn't get beat, you know, he, he never settles on defense, kind of yeah. the complete opposite of Edwards. <laughs> we were talking, uh, you know, complete opposite mentality and everything. Right. Uh, I think, um, you know, you mentioned the pick and roll defense, you know, it's, it's so much more advanced than just, you know, Oh, switch or drop or whatever, but you already saw him making these calls as a freshman. And, and I saw him in the same game. I saw him hedge, I saw him blitz, I saw him drop, I saw him switch. He can do it all. Um, and, and that's super rare for, for a big man to do these days. Um, 
and, and I was watching his, uh, he was doing like uh, one of those interviews with Mike Schmitz, um, which, which those are great. Um, you know, kind of gives you a, a good, good insight, you know, into how the prospect thinks. Um, and he was saying he believes he can guard one through five. And, and I think if he had to, he could, but, you know, I, I think he, he could easily guard three through five and, and, you know, handle guards every once in a while. Um, I, I think one minor area of concern, but I think it will get better as he gets stronger. Is this, it's just his on ball defense in the post. Um, you know, I think he, he can get sealed a little too easily and kind of concede a little ground, but is that something you saw as well? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it is minor. It's something that I don't know, like how, how often he'll get burned in. in the right. NBA. And uh, that's why it's minor. It's not something you'll see a lot. Plus he's going to get better in that department. Right. It's right. a strength thing. Exactly. Yeah. And as he adds strength, I mean, his overall game, especially on defense, uh, it's going to get better, you know, holding opponents down in the post, whatnot, you know, just getting beat on the drive. I think all that stuff gets helps with strength. Yeah. Now talk about him as a weak side rim protector. So there's a reason he almost has three three blocks per game. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, his instincts are crazy. He has a good second jump, too. Um, and he can just rotate very quickly. So I think his ability just to come over from virtually anywhere um, and be able just to stop the play at the rim, I think he's He's the best rim protector in the class, or I guess second because uh, Azubuki is in this class. But he uh, he can rotate from anywhere. You know, he can be on the perimeter and he can recognize that there's a bit play at the rim and he'll go over and make that block. You know, like yeah, from he's the, very, not really the top of the key, but <laughs> right. But but he's very quick to rotate, get to that weak side, quick off the ground. But the instincts, like the timing of it is perfect. And he's yep. so good at just staying vertical and not fouling, which a lot of these kids can't do yet. Um, yep. So, you know, him already having that ability, um, you know, as far as other off-ball defense, you know, we talked a little bit about rotations. He's, already, you know, for, for a young guy, he's already got a pretty good understanding, um, you know, of where he needs to be. But we, we've seen he's not afraid to chase people off the three-point line which I think with a lot of bigs, they don't like to go away from the basket. Yep. You know what I mean? So it's nice to see someone that does. Um, how about his rebounding? He's a good rebounder. Uh, I like it. I, you know, I don't know. I, what was his average? Like seven maybe a game? Eight? Something uh, like yeah, that? I think he, eight and change. Yeah. Uh, I think he gets closer to 10 in the NBA uh, just because of kind of who he is. Uh, depends, I guess, more on really who's playing with him and what, team is using him in certain ways uh because like you said i mean i i get a lot of not to there's a little bit of a spoiler where i get a lot of bam out of bio shades and bam out of bio i don't think he's a double digit rebounder but we know if he wanted to be he easily could be uh, and i may be wrong so i to fact check me call me out but uh something like that is you know he's a good rebounder who doesn't necessarily get a bunch of rebounds yeah and i think part of that has to go with the fact that he he's always going up to block shots and so he'll he'll put himself out of position as a as a shot blocker um so or sorry as a rebounder because he's challenging shots at the rim but as an offensive rebounder as well you know he's always attacking the glass and um you know he's, he's phenomenal in that department you know we talked about the motor uh, you know high motor guys so um you know o- overall offensively defensively I think we both agree he's got a pretty high basketball IQ, wouldn't you? Yeah, especially on defense. And and, and that's all of what we said, you know, the rotations, the instincts, all of it. I mean, it, it checks out. Yeah, I would agree with you. So um, comparison, you mentioned Bam Adebayo. I, I kind of agree. I, I don't I think he's got a little ways to go on on the development of, of his playmaking skills, because I think, you know, would did Bam win the skills challenge this year? I, I want to say he did. I also I think fact- he did, or maybe last year or something. But um, you know, not like that's a, a telltale sign that he's a better playmaker. <laughs> but but I, I totally agree with you on on Bam being or you know Bam being a comparison for for Okongwu because of his ability to facilitate. Not quite at that level, but um, you know maybe he'll get there eventually you know, kind of a budding jump shot, you know, just the instincts that he displays on both ends of the floor. You know, I think that 
that ceiling, you know, is, is, a is attainable for him and, and that style of play. Um, and, and I think that's kind of the more modern big, um, that, that we're headed towards. So, um, give me a team or two that, that you really like as a fit for Bam. Man. So first, uh, first of all, uh, sorry, not you, Bam. No, no, you're good. <laughs> I, let me right into what I wanted to say. Bam out of bio averaged 10 and a half rebounds this year. I had no, I did not think it was that high, but uh, for him, I mean, right away, the first fit, I mean, next to Carl Anthony Towns, low offensive pressure for him. Um, you know, he gets to, he gets to, you know, play defense. Uh, that's his most important role. Excuse me. That's what he needs to do is just kind of lock up for what Carl Anthony Towns doesn't have. Uh, and, and I think that's a really key spot for him, you know, next to a team that already has two offensive stars, low pressure, obviously gets those assists up. Uh, I like that as a fit. And then I would also say Atlanta. I know they have Capella and John Collins. Uh, still not sold on Capella being the long-term future. They still don't even have – he's never played a game there. So I'm not sure they're ready to commit to Capella if they had the chance at Okonglu. Um, obviously, that would imply, you know, potentially falling in the draft, um, that all the guards would be gone or someone that they have higher. But Okonglu in Atlanta, assuming Capella doesn't – well, you know, under this fantasy I just made up, uh, next to John Collins would be really good. I mean, that's a lot of passing opportunities as well. And, and that's a team that really prioritizes shooting. So he would definitely be able to get his jump shot better there. Yeah, I hadn't really considered Atlanta as an option, but I, I think you make a good point. Uh, totally with you on uh, Minnesota. I think they would love to have him next to, to Towns, kind of give them that uh, that defensive, you know, interior presence that they need. Um, you know, and then offensively, you know, he, he's a guy who could kind of play the five, but defensively he could play the four. Um, and, and having that versatility, I think, plays along perfectly with Towns. Um, I think Charlotte, too, I, I think is a yeah. team that would love to have a defensive anchor like Okongwu. Um, but, you know, obviously someone who, who can get buckets on the offensive end as well. So, um, you know, we when, now as we, we kind of get to the rank of, of Okongwu, uh, I'm just going to kind of spoil it. We both have him as number two. Is that correct? Yes, sir. And and that's why I didn't even think of Charlotte, just because I don't see him getting past five. Uh, personally, I think he's almost a lock based on, you know, how good he is uh, to be top five. I know it's kind of a hot take to say that's my basis, but uh, <laughs> I just I think he doesn't get past uh, whoever picks five or six. I mean, any team. Yeah, the values of bigs are declining, but not all of them. You know, right. Well, and because he's so unique. Yeah. Right. He's he's in that kind of playmaking big role like a Bam, like a Jokic, obviously yeah. not the same player, but he can do more than roll to the basket and block shots, you know, kind of like your your Andre Drummonds and your, um, you know, Hassan Whiteside, the Andre Jordans, you know, those those kind of bigs. Right. And that's the dying breed, not the or not the dying breed. I guess the less valuable big is, you know the kind of traditional center, the new center, like Dan Matabayo and Jokic, like you said, that's the new, that's hot right now. So, yeah. So, so we've covered your, your one and two players. Uh, we've covered my two and three. Um, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll kind of, you know, obviously get into more later. I probably should have mentioned this at the beginning, but, you know, Richard, of course, has been on these guys for, you know, a long time at this point, he's been, you know, grinding away for months, uh, just on this class alone. I just started watching these guys, um, you know, about a month ago. So Richard, how, how many players deep are you? <laughs> uh, I think the official count is like 156 or something like that. Okay. Uh, so I'm at 10. <laughs> so I'm at 10. So I, I'm going to be trying to catch up a little bit with Richard here, but, um, <laughs> let us know what you thought. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, some a little different where we kind of really do a deep dive into, um, you know, into these prospects, you know, their their skill set. And, and, you know, again, we, we had similar evals on some of these guys, but like Edwards, we, you know, we see them differently, even though we see them the same in some weird ways. Like we, we see some of the same skill sets, you know, it's just a matter of how do you project it going forward. So, you know, it's a fun exercise. Um and, you know, let us know what other players you uh, you want us to do. Um, you know, I think for now we're going to be sticking with some of the top guys as I kind of work my way through some film. Um, but uh, but what do you think maybe next week we could tackle, you know, like LaMelo yeah. Ball, James Wiseman, 
um, you know, some of those guys. So maybe some European guys as well. So, um, um, had a lot of fun. Uh, any, any last words before we head out? Just, uh, all I ask is that y'all give Jared a follow, uh, at Jared underscore cats 30. Like I said, he knows a ton. Good follow. Um, he's going to be doing this with me going forward. So very excited to, uh, finally, you know, get a Mavs draft podcast. So thank you guys for listening. Yeah, and, uh, if uh, obviously, um, if you're not already following uh, Richard, it's at Mavs Draft. I'm assuming you are if you're listening to the Mavs Draft podcast. But if you're not for some reason, fix fix that. Um, you know, there's there's not a there's not a harder working guy uh, in the field that I know. So, um, you know, pleasure doing this, and uh, looking forward to bringing you guys some more content next time. Thanks, man.